With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the best of the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero here with you on your Saturday morning. Thank you for making us part of your weekend. Before we get started with the best clips of the week, I just want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I always say, if you take the time to leave a review, we will try and read it on the show. This one comes from Steve Remo, 15. Five stars, says, listen to this daily. Love these fools in their entirety. You can tell everyone on this platform is passionate about the team, studies the game, and is able to explore a variety of opinions. Can't say enough good things. Y'all save me during my morning commutes and late night gym sessions. Go Niners and shout out Rob, Levin, Michelle, Steph, and Jason, and even Grant. Thank you very much. We always do appreciate it. If you want to support the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Pods. That helps boost us up the charts, which helps more people discover us who are looking for 49ers content. So thank you to everyone. Now, let's get to the best clips of the week. A little different this week because I didn't do a Monday show with Vish. So obviously we won't have that in the best of because I was traveling back from Levi's. But If you're new to the show, we take the best clips from every single long-form weekday show that we do. We smash them all together for you, give you a chance to listen maybe to some shows that you might not normally hear. Hopefully, you hear something you like and you come back for more. Now, without further ado, let's get right to it. First up, Bully Ball with Steph Sanchez and Jason Aponte on the improvements of Brock Purdy. 
Brock Purdy's incredible. And the reason that I thought this game was going to be close was because the last time that these two teams played in the divisional championship, that might have been not the championship, divisional round. Um, that might have been the closest to bad that we've seen Brock Purdy play. And it wasn't even bad, right? It was just they had a plan to limit uh Brock Purdy in that game. And, you know, they did it pretty successfully in that one, and then it was a close game. That's why we thought going into this one, it was going to be more of the same. The difference here is this is not the same Brock Purdy that we saw in the divisional round. I think he is improving at such a fast pace um, that it, it's incredible. Every every single week we see improvements. He's already outgrown the week two performance when he was missing guys deep. Look how many deep balls he was throwing in this one. Like, And, and the one that stuck out to me, this particular drive, he was surgical. He had Brandon Ayuk for like that 40-yarder that got called back because of a holding penalty. He hit Debo Samuel 42 yards on the very next play, both on third down, mind you. Both on third down. He's doing like just crazy things out there, and I love watching JT O'Sullivan's breakdowns of him as well because he also points out the anticipation that he plays with. The footwork is on point. The football IQ is off the charts for Purdy and he's showing it out there. He showed it against this defense. We kept saying this was a huge test for Brock Purdy and this offense. They passed with flying colors. If if you can't stop Brock Purdy, you are not stopping the 49ers period because this is this is the new age. This is the 2023 49ers where they are they are balanced on both sides of the field. The days of trying to prepare for this offense with Jimmy Garoppolo is done. All right? guess what? You have to prepare for Brock Purdy. And there's not a lot of holes that you can really poke into his game right now. And so it, it makes things really difficult when you have that sort of, you know, football IQ that we're talking about matched with the scheme that, you know, Kyle Shanahan is calling. And mind you, I mean, I think we've all noticed Kyle Shanahan, it seems like he's being a little more aggressive out there too, when he knows that he has a quarterback as good as Brock Purdy, who he trusts, um, you know, really well. So it's just taking this 49ers team at a whole different level. Four touchdowns on Sunday were a career high for him. We'll see plenty big games like this from Purdy. Um, but I'm just I'm I'm so stoked on this offense, man. And it like I said, he's gonna continue to get better. This offense is gonna continue to get better if that's even possible. Like that's that's the thing, right? Like it looks possible. It looks possible. CMC didn't even have that great of a game on Sunday. George Kittle goes off for three touchdowns. I mean Pick your poison. It really is pick your poison right now. And there's nothing any defense in the league can do about it. Yeah. And you know what's funny, Steph? The most impressive Brock throw was the one that didn't count. The throw yeah. to Brendan Ayuk. It was incredible. Spencer Burford, come on, man. What are you doing? And you know what, refs? Have the refs not ever thought of vibes? You got to let a call, like, go off of vibes, just, like, off vibes. Like, off that throw, you're just like, you know what? I can't throw this flag. That was too pretty. And then you know what Purdy does? He literally hits Debo for the same amount of uh, uh, of yards. Look, um, I don't know what else needs to be said. And I want to reiterate, I thought this was going to be the test for Brock Purdy. I still haven't seen Brock Purdy go up against a real defense yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you thought I was going to be nice about it, I'm not going to be nice about it. I really don't care um, at this point. Um, it, this is completely different. It's the, it's the Dallas Cowboys. So there will be petty th jabs out there like this for this entire show. Um, but... Look, you're absolutely right. When it comes to what he's seeing, right, I think the sentiment 
I shared was the same one as Kyle Shanahan that he missed one throw and it was like a little behind Brandon Ayuk on the on on that slant right and everything else kind of just felt like he was seeing it the right way. Um, I don't know what else needs to be said about Brock Purdy, man. I just I think everyone is always trying to just downplay what he does based on the play caller, based on the playmakers, and then. It's so much easier, Steph, and this is why you see Brock Purdy, you know, ranked 25th by whoever um, or or really low, because it's so much easier to bet against the last pick in the draft. The odds are against him that he's going to be successful, right? Like, like that is the part that I feel like a lot of people are grasped onto as opposed to changing your mind with new information. It's just like, well, it can't be someone who was the last pick. It can't be someone that everybody overlooked. Well, football is a funny sport. You know, Kurt Warner was undrafted. Um, there's players that just show up that were bagging groceries and they end up, you know, getting their own movie like Kurt Warner. Right. Like and and I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but there's no secret sauce to evaluating the quarterbacks. Some guys have all the tools, can't make it happen. Some guys are a little bit less limited. And I think Brock Purdy was asked about it. And he said, look, I know I don't have the strongest arm, but there's more to it. You know, the, the anticipation he throws with guys are not even out of their breaks before the ball's, you know, on them. Those are the things that you're looking for, man. It's hard not to be impressed with the young man. And for the first time, again, even even through this, even through this, right, with this game and the 49ers defense looking so good, because I want to talk about Fred Warner right after this. Um, the 49ers offense is still ahead of the 49ers defense, and this is a feeling that 49ers fans haven't known for a long time. For a large time, your team has been a, a defensive team that has been has been the horse pulling the cart. Well, now <laughs> there's a Camaro pulling the cart and it's the offense right now. <laughs> like that's what's pulling the cart. It's not a horse. Um, it's a car that is very fast. Next up is Stats and Cone on Wednesdays where Grant said this year is entirely about Kyle Shanahan winning a Super Bowl. Can we talk about like expectations for this team now? Can we just get to it? Yes, let's get to it. Okay, so we all agree. Like there was a lot of skepticism for a long time. Like, hey, Niners aren't going to win a Super Bowl Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't give a damn how good the roster is, like, it's not going to happen with Jimmy. And that was probably true. And then when Brock Purdy came around, like, I, I was skeptical about that, too. Like, coming off the surgery, look at his skill set. I, I feel like he's good enough on this team to win the Super Bowl. I feel like they got it. This team is clearly the best team in the league, on paper. It's clear. And the coach, Kyle Shanahan, is doing a great job, but he has his history of flopping in big, big, big games. So to me, like, this all comes back to Kyle. It's not, it's not a referendum on Brock or the offensive line, or Isaiah Oliver. Like, this is, dude, you're supposed to be one of the top three coaches in the league. I, no one's disputing that. You have the best team in the league. This team is, you have, like, Georgia. You got to win, man. No excuses, dude. Like, your team is pretty healthy. You got to, this is the year. And I think, I, I'm not even betting against them at this point. Like, I, I don't see, I, if they play, when they play Philly and Philly, I'm, I'm probably prepared to pick the Niners to win that game. They, they could they could go undefeated. They could win the Super Bowl. I think that should be the expectation this year. Like, get it done. Get it done. It was already Super Bowl or bust coming into the season, and now I think that they have just raised those. Because I think reasonable, yeah. reasonable people could have said, and I said, like, we don't know about Brock. He's coming off a major surgery. He's very unproven. But the way he's playing now, I mean, no one's talking about his elbow now. He's dominating. He's completing 72% of his passes. And he's also completing 72% of his passes, 10 or more air yards down the field. But he has answered all of those questions that we had about the elbow. 
it has to be Super Bowl. It's and and honestly, Grant, like I the title of the, my YouTube video today is like, are we going to start talking about an undefeated regular season here? Are we at that point? I think they're that good. I mean, you, you, teams usually lose a game they're not supposed to lose, and that would be you know they could do that, but. This team looks that good, but let me come back to Kyle Shanahan for a second. It's like, when we go back two years, they can blame, um, you know, Jaquaski Tart for not intercepting that pass, and that's why they didn't go to the Super Bowl. But last year, okay, last year they had Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy. That was a different team, and that team was rolling like it's rolling now. And you could really argue, I mean, I have, and I think a lot of people have, that the reason the Niners didn't win last year is because Kyle not because of Brock, not because Brock didn't step up in the pocket, but because Kyle tried to block Hassan Reddick with Tyler Croft on one play early in the game. And that was a, a blunder on his part. Like, is he going to have another blunder? I feel like that's what it's going to come down to this year. It's not going to be about Brock. It'll be about health or it'll be about Kyle Shanahan performing in the biggest game because we know he's going to kill it up until then. He just has those skeletons in his closet, you know, multiple big games, three or four. You and I disagree about the the how much blame to put on Shanahan for the Brock injury in the NFC title game, but I, I do think that Kyle does tend to pucker in bigger games in bigger moments. Now how about when he didn't throw their challenge flag in the in the Eagles game. Like that was just not Kyle's best game at all. Do you think that maybe that changes? Maybe he's a little more relaxed because he doesn't have Jimmy Garoppolo back there. I mean, we didn't really get, we got, we saw it in a couple of playoff games with Brock, but now like it is clear, like Brock and Kyle are seeing the yeah. matrix now, you know, like that in the matrix when sure. Neo all of a sudden he sees the code, everything is green. Like that's where they are right now. So maybe that helps Kyle not do that so much in big games and big moments. Couldn't hurt, but let's just remember that this happened to Kyle in Atlanta. Like this is Kyle's been failing this test for like seven years, you know, I don't know. He's, he's got the world in his, in his hand and the universe is presenting him with the ultimate test and he keeps failing it. He's like, you know who he is? My cousin Vinny, you know, he's still working on passing that bar six, six for me, six times as a child. I don't know, but I think this could be his year. Like you have the best team. You have the quarterback you want. You have the running back you want. You got Javon Hargrave. You got the health. You got you. All you got to do at this point is not get in your own way. Like, throw the challenge flag when it needs to be thrown. Like, don't get cute and try to block the best edge rusher with your backup tight end. He didn't do that against Micah Parsons last week. He was masterful against Micah Parsons. Like, you didn't even know Micah Parsons was on the field. Keep being that, Kyle. Keep being that, Kyle, and this team wins the Super Bowl. I, I don't think we're going to see Brock Purdy all of a sudden fall apart and be like, ah, oh, he's just not good enough to do this. Like, quarterback rating is 123. He seems like he's good enough. You know, he seems like he's good enough. <laughs> and he's he's improving. Like we always wondered, yeah. like where can Brock improve? Well, he's up a hundred yards per game passing wise from last year. Hundred, okay. Yeah, he's he had sixty six first downs last year. He's got sixty six passing first downs through five games this year. His completion. Well, remember, he mostly played five games last year. I'm just saying, but 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 you're right. right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But he's got. I mean, I, he is getting better. His completion percentage is up 5% over last year. It's, it's remarkable what he has done. They have plucked this guy from the last pick in the draft. 
It's amazing. Uh, we got a bunch of super chats. Let's get to some of them. Chris says, Grant can't have you saying good things about the 49ers. I'm super hyped right now about our chances and I'm terrified of being let down. You are the one that keeps us planted with our feet on the ground. Be pessimistic. Sure. Um, but we, again, I think we have to be honest, like what's it's what the stakes are for Kyle Shanahan. You can't nitpick this roster and be like, ah, it's not as good as people think it is. Like, no, it is as good as people think it is. Yeah. It is as good as people think it is. So the question is, is Kyle as good as people think he is? And right now the answer is, yeah. But we know Kyle's pattern is, it's that one game at the end of the year. It's the final exam. He'll, he'll be ace in the class. He'll be the number one student in the class. And then whatever happens, he just bombs the final or the AP test. And the, the coach is like, what happened, Kyle? You're my best student. He's like, man, I don't. You know, what happened was it was my bike. This way it was Jaquaski Tart. Jaquat, I was going to class and Jaquaski Tart tripped me and I was going to make like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's just like, man, I don't get it, Kyle. But maybe this is the year where he aces the final. Finally passes the bar. You know what I'm saying? I think there are a lot of 49er fans out there that are not old enough to remember what you and I remember, which is when the regular season just felt like when it felt like it was in the way. When it was like, look, we know we're getting to the playoffs. The whole nice. season is going to come down to whether or not we win the Super Bowl, what we do in the playoffs. It's been a long time since it yeah. felt like that. Can you beat Green Bay? Are you going to beat Brett Favre in the playoffs? Right. And for a lot Are of you- years for the Niners, it was like, mm, no. No. The yeah. nightmare. That friggin' yeah. team. Some great but teams. Jerry Rice, Steve Young, not good enough. We're back. At that point now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thursdays has myself with the human wet blanket, Levin Black. And Levin brought some numbers this week that show maybe the Browns defense isn't quite as good as it appears. Let's look ahead to Cleveland. Um... I think most 49er fans, especially coming off that Dallas game, think they're going to kill the Browns. Uh, I was actually surprised. Kyle Shanahan yesterday said he thinks the Browns, this is going to be the biggest test that they've faced this season. And that's clearly because the Cleveland defense is incredible. They're giving up 125 passing yards per game. That's it. 125 passing yards per game. It's absurd. I think they're the only team in the league that has not given up a thousand yards on the season. Something, some crazy thing like that. This Cleveland defense looks on paper to be for real. It, look, it, it is a really good defense. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're like a mediocre defense or bad defense or anything like that, but they are a bit inflated right now. How good they look, especially passing game wise. And I got some things to back that up. You know, they yes they have allowed very few passing yards part of that is they got burrow week one 
when Burrow, you know, Burrow's been getting better and better. He had 300 weeks, 300 yards this week, but he was way off in week one. Um, but in two of their games, two out of four, because they've had their bye week, they weren't very good. They gave up 222 yards to Kenny Pickett the week after we played them in week one. They played them in week two, and Kenny Pickett had 222 yards, which is above his average for the season, and the Steelers won. The Steelers put up 26 points. What did the Niners give up to him? Yeah. So, to me, that, that's a big hit. And then their most recent game again against the Ravens, yes, they gave up less than 200 yards passing. You know why? Because they got their asses handed to them, and Baltimore stopped passing the ball. Lamar Jackson was 15 of 19 in that game with two touchdowns plus two more rushing. And, by the way, when you take out Lamar Jackson's Rushing stats and just look at how the running backs did in that game, which Baltimore running backs might be the worst in the league due to some injuries <laughs> and stuff. They averaged 4.4 yards a carry running the ball too with their running backs on 24 carries. So I, I think that defense isn't quite as good as they've looked. And there's you can go deeper and I'll, I'll get deeper as we go in. But my point is, is like the defense has been inflated because they played a pretty soft early schedule. And they played Burrow when he wasn't Burrow, when he shouldn't have been playing. Burrow should have sat out that game. I could hear what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down, so to speak. I do think they are still very good. And I saw a tweet from Jack Hammer, which I thought was really interesting. It was about Jim Schwartz, who, of course, is the Browns' defensive coordinator. I believe Kyle Shanahan has never beaten Oh, no, he's not. It's he's one and eight. Excuse me. It looks like Jack has updated the tweet and I'll try and throw it on the screen here for people that are happen to be watching the uh, the stream on YouTube. Kyle Shanahan has faced Jim Schwartz nine times. He's one and eight in those matchups and his offense has scored over 20 points just one time. As the Falcons OC in 2016, Shanahan's offense averaged almost 34 points through the first nine games. In game 10, they faced the Eagles with Schwartz as D.C., Philadelphia held Atlanta to 15 points. It was the only time that season that the Falcons did not score at least 23. So that's not nothing, but I will also say, like, I was kind of saying the same thing about Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan just put Dan Quinn in a straitjacket on Sunday Night Football. So I don't know necessarily that this trend is going to hold, but I think it's something worth talking about. It, it is alarming. I was not aware of this before you brought it up. I did not know Jim Schwartz was that much of a Shanahan killer, so to speak. Um, and we all know Jim Schwartz. If you're thinking, boy, that name sounds familiar, but I can't place it. That, that's who uh, Jim Harbaugh very politely patted on the back when he was head coach of the Lions uh, and nearly started a brawl after the game. But that that is a little bit concerning. How much of it really matters, I don't know, because I will say, like, I don't know that this 49ers offense this year is anything that Shanahan's run before. Yes, it has a lot of similarities, but we've already talked about how the run game has changed since Shanahan took over. He talked about how so many people have run the outside running scheme that he's had to go more interior. He talked about that in the offseason on that podcast. And then the passing game, uh, this is the passing game fully unleashed, which we haven't seen in his San Francisco tenure at the very least. Yes. And that Atlanta team was very much a – get it to Julio and that's it. So this is more of a complete offense where it's not just one guy. I totally agree. This is an offense that, that the 49ers have not had under Kyle Shanahan ever, ever. Like it's, 
they they can do whatever they want to do, whatever they need to do against you. If they need to run the ball and grind it out, they can run the ball and grind it out with Christian McCaffrey and Jordan Mason. If they need to put up a bunch of points, we've seen them score 30 points every game this season. They can do that too. If they can't run and you got to put the ball in the hands of Brock Purdy and he needs to throw 30 times, he's certainly comfortable doing it. And for the first time ever, I think Kyle Shanahan is comfortable mm-hmm. in that kind of game. So this, yeah, this offense is definitely something that the league has not seen with Kyle. It's the offense I think Kyle always wished he had. Certainly the offense we all wished we could have when Jimmy Garoppolo was here. It's what we've been wishing we could have 20 years now. Well, that's true. Yeah, and it's here, and I'm loving every minute of it. So how do you stop this offense? What's the one thing that hasn't come up yet but would would be killer to this offense? Well, it's true for every offense. An injury to Christian McCaffrey. I'm talking about in a, in a single game. What's I don't the know. One thing gonna... every offense gets stopped with pressure up the middle, turnovers. Oh, okay. Right. You got to, you got to turn this ball to the Niners are scoring on offensive drives on the, at the highest percentage of any team. They're higher than Miami, you know, in terms of amount of drives that have resulted in points, whether a field goal or a touchdown, they lead the league. So you don't stop this offense. The only way you stop them is turn the ball over. So far, the Niners haven't done that. And on the flip side of it, this is my second favorite stat to kind of knock the Cleveland defense down a little bit. They've only forced three turnovers this season. And in terms of interception percentage, they're intercepting less than 1% of passes, which is fifth worst in the league. They're not a turnover defense. They've just been a, we're going to stop you from scoring defense. And the Niners have been the best at the in the league offensively at scoring. So I kind of feel like that trumps the Cleveland's ability to stop. They might stop the Niners offense more than it has been stopped because it pretty much hasn't been stopped this season. But they're not going to stop it all the time. And I don't think Cleveland can score against this Niners defense. So that's why I'm still pretty confident in this game. Well, yeah, that, I, I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, if there was a shutout this weekend because – it looks like Deshaun Watson's not going to play, and it's going to be PJ Walker. And no disrespect to PJ Walker. PJ Walker, not uh, they're not going to go to Dorian Thompson Robinson. Three no. interceptions in his one start. Yeah. Yep. So it's going to be PJ Walker, who's coming off the Browns practice squad, more than likely. Or it's going to be a banged up Deshaun Watson, which to me, like you know, that's in the 49ers' right. favor either way. Um, the defense of the Browns goes man to man. Like they just block you down on the outside and they let right. Chubb and they let those guys just come at you. And I got to say, like, Kyle can beat man to man. Like, the Niners have the studs to beat your best defenders in man to man coverage, whether it's Ayuk, whether it's McCaffrey, whether it's Kittle. If you go man to man too much against the 49ers, Kyle's going to eat you alive. So, this brings up a couple more. I got a lot of stats in this game. Like I said, there's a lot of like, when you look further than just the results Cleveland has had, and you look at kind of like against this, what do they do? The Niners, it's like, Oh, the Niners strength. They suck at that's the one weakness they have is what the Niners do. Well, and on this, the Cleveland offense. Okay. First off, yes, they've been great on the outside. Their top two corners on the outside might be the best pairing in the league. They've only allowed 44% of passes to be completed when a wide receiver has been targeted. But on the flip side, their linebackers are their weak spot, right? Uh-oh. Yeah, what does Kyle kill? Linebackers. That's what he always tries to target. They have given up 74% of attempts have been completed to tight ends and running backs. Both of them are very high percentages. Running backs at 17 out of 24. Tight ends, 
have gotten the completion on 12 out of 15 targets. So they're weaker up the middle, and that's where Kyle Shanahan attacks. Who do the 49ers have to to catch passes from the running back position? Oh, they got Juice and Christian McCaffrey. What tight end do they have? Oh, they have Kittle. So that's what I'm getting at. It's like a lot of the Cleveland's weaknesses on defense, which they are a good defense, but they do have weakness. They're not a complete defense, are what the Niners specifically are able to destroy. And there's one more stat. that This is my favorite stat of them all in terms of why I'm, I don't think this defense is going to be able to hold up against the Niners' offense. In terms of yak per reception, Cleveland is third worst in the league. They give up uh, 5.79 yards per completion of yak. So when they do allow a completion, they don't do a good job of tackling and getting the guy down. And the Niners are the best in the league at yak. Well, because usually if you're in man-to-man, right, everybody's guarding their guy, and so it takes right. the defense a little more time to to adjust. Um, so that's, going to me, going to be like the crux of it. It's going to be... Can you survive the Browns pass rush, specifically Miles Garrett, who is just literally like uh, he's from another planet. If you've ever seen just Miles Garrett, the the guy without the pads on, you're like, holy crap. What do we do if his planet sends more? If they can hold up against Miles Garrett, there's going to be opportunities in the pass game, whether it's IU, Debo, whoever you want to get. And then the Niners should be able to run after catch. And we've seen the Niners, whether it's Aaron Donald or Micah Parsons, they usually can hold their own against the superstar on the other side of the ball. Now, TJ Watt had a phenomenal game against them, so I'm not going to say that they beat TJ Watt because they certainly didn't. But for the most part, they've been able to sort of scheme and work around that. So that's what they're going to have to do again this week. Part, part of the reason why TJ Watt went off and Micah Parsons didn't as well is TJ Watt moves all around. They will move him to wherever they think is most advantageous. And Miles Garrett moves all around. I mean, we we already talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Probably the funniest clip in a decade or more in the NFL was Miles Garrett <laughs> swapping sides of what where he was going to line up. He went right. So two tight ends motioned to go block him on the right. And then he went left. And those two tight ends went and followed him. And he just kept swapping sides until they got a delay of game penalty because they were never set so they could never hike the ball. Miles Garrett will swap sides to get wherever he thinks he is. So it's not a, it's not a case of like an Aaron Donald where you can just move the pocket all the time because you don't know what side he's going to necessarily be on, right? Miles Garrett that is. One more nugget I wanted to share with people from this is from Nick Wagner of ESPN. One issue that the Browns have, they struggle against play action. They're giving up nine and a half yards per attempt against play action, which is 25th in the NFL. Purdy is averaging 10.6 yards per attempt with play action, which is top five in the NFL. And we know Kyle Shanahan loves his play action passes. So this could be literally a situation where the Niners are running the ball. And then most of Brock Purdy's passes come on play action and play action in man to man against Kyle Shanahan in this offense. I will take my chances happily, but those are sort of the, uh, the weak points or how maybe Kyle Shanahan could attack this Browns defense. When I woke up yesterday morning, the spread was Niners by five and a half. And I gleefully smashed that bet, <laughs> taking as many places as I could find it. Because to me, the Niners by less than a touchdown is that's a win for me. I checked it before we hit record and it's up to seven in some places. So clearly I think the, the market is adjusting a little bit. Plus I think 
people are kind of getting the idea. Deshaun Watson didn't practice on Wednesday, mm-hmm. probably not going to go. So that's contributing also. But I just, unless the Niners turn it over, which it's going to rain, Levin, and there could be some wind. So weather could be a factor, which sometimes can be a neutralizer and, and lead to turnovers. But if that doesn't happen, I don't see the 49ers losing to Cleveland. Uh, like I said, I don't see the 49ers losing until they do because they've just been beating every team. But I can actually one-up that uh, play-action statistic that you threw up there. You're such a stat topper. <laughs> well, I got – I got, I literally have it sitting here on my phone ready to read. All right. It go comes ahead. from Doug – I think it's Farr. I've never actually heard his name pronounced. Um, but Doug Farr, uh, he says the Browns have been a phenomenal defense when – going against a run without motion. They've only allowed 1.4 yards on rushes without motion prior to snap. However, Mm -hmm. with motion, they've allowed four and a half yards per rush. What do the Niners do more than any other team? Pre-snap motion. Like, that's what I was... Right, this is what I was talking about. Like, there are so many things that when you dig deeper than just the overall stats the Cleveland defense has actually put up, the things that they're weak on are the exact things the Niners are strong on. And that's why I don't think this Cleveland defense is going to be able to stop the 49ers offense. Yeah, I believe Miami uses motion the most. They're at like 85% or something, or at least they were going into the games last week. Kyle Shanahan and the Niners are second at like 79, something like that. But yeah, clearly, that's what the Niners like to do. They like to shift guys and they like to send guys in motion because they constantly want to change the picture for your for the opposing defense. And they, they here's the thing. The Niners know the rules. So they know what they're doing to you when they shift all those guys. They know exactly how to break you. And they've done it time after time after time. And you're right. I hope you're right. I want to see another 49ers blowout. Of course. Who wouldn't? So do you think the 30-point streak continues? That's tricky because... Like I said, there are a lot of underlying things that the Niners should be able to put up points. But overall, I still think this is a good defense. And I think this is a game that Cleveland is going to come out because Watson's not in. They're going to try to run the ball. That's their only hope without Watson. And they don't have Nick Chubb. Right. But they're going to try to run the ball, which runs the clock. The Niners are going to want to run the ball if they can run the clock. It's going to be a faster game. You know, I've said that before. 30 points is hard when you're able to run the ball a lot. But I'm, I, I think I'm at the point with the 30 points. I'm not going to predict less until it happens. I agree with you. How, I mean, how could you? Like, I just, I don't understand why you would all of a sudden. Let me circle back to something to Brock Purdy, because we were talking about him earlier and how I'm still not, you know, willing to say, I, I know for sure he's definitely going to be the franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. Maybe some weather in Cleveland on Sunday, maybe some rain, maybe some wind. One of the things we don't know about Brock Purdy, because we just haven't had the opportunity to see it, is how does he play in bad weather games, right? We don't know. We don't know if he's good in the rain. We don't know if he's good in the snow or the mud. We just, it, we haven't seen it yet. I'm not saying he's not. Before you jump all over me, people, I'm just saying we haven't gotten, that's one of the things that we're going to learn about him as his career goes along. But for me, it is part of the reason why I'm just holding my horses here with Brock Purdy Because, Levin, one of the places that I think where physical skills can help you is in adverse conditions like weather, right? Super windy game. What do you want your quarterback to have? A big, strong arm. That's just, 
That's facts. You need a stronger arm to get through the elements. If it's a rain game, again, stronger arm will help. Bigger hands will help in a rain game to help you hang on to the football. Physical traits and abilities help in adverse weather conditions. And I don't care how mad 49er fans get. That doesn't change the fact that Brock Purdy's arm is not the strongest, okay? It's just not. It's flat out not. And now in in perfect conditions, it's clearly not an issue. It's not an obstacle. It's fine. Change the weather conditions. I'm not saying he'll never be able to play in the rain. I'm saying it might be harder for him than it would be for a quarterback that has a stronger arm. That's all I'm saying is we haven't seen how he'll do in the weather, and we may have some weather on Sunday. So I don't know his home road splits in college, but Iowa State is an outdoor stadium in the north that has bad weather. So I would imagine he has plenty of experience and has learned what he needs to do to be as best as he can. I get what you're saying. Yes. Like when you can't grip the ball perfect because it's wet, arm strength overcomes that to a certain degree. It lowers the max distance you can throw the ball, so to speak. Right. And when your arm is already below average, you could end up being too weak there. But like I said, he's played enough to know his limitations in weather because he played a lot at Iowa state and they have an outdoor stadium. So To me, that's not something I'm overly concerned about. We close out the week with the Gold Diggers show. That's myself and Michelle Majuk of NFL.com. We always give you our betting and fantasy analysis. Every week, Michelle brings her best bets for the 49ers game. This week was no exception. Let's get to some best bets. You've got three best bets this week. I have a couple, and I'm even considering, if I'm feeling really strong, I'm considering a parlay, which I almost never do, because I think in my entire 38 years on this planet, I've hit on one parlay in my life. But every week I- Parlays are very hard. Yes, I always talk myself into making a parlay bet. Uh, If you don't know, by the way, I should mention, parlay is a combo bet where you do at least two individual bets, but you lump it all into one wager. So no matter how many you do, every single bet has to hit in order for you to win. If even one bet doesn't come through, you lose the whole thing. So that is just a quick explanation there. Three best bets for you, Michelle. Give me your fastball. So I'm going to take an easy one. I think this is pretty easy. It's PJ Walker under 166 and a half passing yards. A, does he even make it through this game? (laughs) I I know like their other option. I, I think that Dorian Thompson would still be the backup, right? Like I know they're not letting him start again after last week, but I would guess he's still going to be active. And as their backup for this game, he probably comes in at some point because I envision PJ Walker having what three interceptions or uh, two fumbles and an interception by halftime, but he's had 177 or fewer passing yards in five of his six starts. Only one time, it was week eight against the Falcons. He put up 317 passing yards. He's not going to do it. He's just not going to do it against this 49ers defense. So I never take unders, but I'm going to take it, especially if the weather is going to be bad, even better. Let's go. That is such a low number. It is. I don't (laughs) care. Okay, but he's had, so he's only started six games since 2021, right? He's had 167. 167 passing yards, 108, 60, and nine passing yards in one game. Now, he only had 10 pass attempts, but he was a starter. Three completions for nine yards. I could totally see him having that and then getting taken out of the game because this is his line. It was three for 10 and two interceptions. 
So he mm. had almost as many interceptions as completions. And then they're like, yeah, you need to come out of this game. And I could see that being the same exact thing against the 49ers. This is kind of a sacrificial type of game for him. I really yeah. do. He was on the practice squad. Like, I, it's a really rough spot for P.J. You, let's say that the Browns were playing the Broncos this week. Deshaun Watson would be playing. Maybe. I, I don't know what's going on with him. That yeah, whole weird about that. Saga has been a disaster for the Browns, and I love it. Good. I want to see Deshaun Watson lose every game he ever plays from now until the rest of time. So I'm totally fine with that. Uh, I agree with you, though. I would take P.J. Walker. It's a low number, which scares me. But, yeah, I just I don't know how they're going to. I mean, Amari Cooper is good, but I just don't see how he's going to hit the over on this. I think he'll turn it over a couple times as well. So I'm with you on that one. Okay. Do you have another best bet for us? Um, someone asked Michelle, what's your over under for bronze turnovers? And if that is available anywhere, I feel like it would probably be at two and a half because I think they're going to get three turnovers. Like in this game, do you see the Browns getting out of this without turning the ball over three times? Cause I don't three. I mean, if they go ultra conservative, they might not turn it up. They're going to have at least one. I would think. What are, how are they going to go ultra conservative though? Without Nick Chubb? Well, they could still run it. It's just, here's the problem. The is going to get destroyed. The Niners are going to go up by multiple scores, probably early in the game. And so Cleveland is going to have to pass. And if they have to pass, they will turn it over between the pass rush getting to P.J. Walker and the way the linebackers in the secondary are playing right now, they will turn it over. So I would definitely, if there was like a one and a half, I would smash that over. If it was two and a half, I'd. That might be rough, but definitely one and a half for me. Uh, Oscar Alfaro says, best bet Debo over 100 all-purpose yards. Do you want to join him on that? Mm, no. I don't either. I think he could have a great game, uh, and I would have, I could put him somewhere in like the 60 to 80 range, but not over 100. I don't think so. No, I, I'm a little bit worried about the wide receivers in this matchup, but I'm not worried overall. Like, I think everyone will get a little bit, right? It's going yes. to have to be spread around. This defense is a, a good passing defense. But my next best bet is that Brock Purdy will throw over 203.5 passing yards. So they have it very low. And I did bring up his home road splits, but he's still averaging 232 passing yards per game on the road. So that gives him a little leeway with a harder defense. He's hit this number in eight of his 10 starts. And I know Levin brought up some really good points about, yeah, the Browns defense on paper, they're not giving up very many yards at all, but they've had some really nice game scripts for that, right? And A, Joe Burrow in week one just wasn't himself. But if you allow Kenny Pickett to put up 222 passing yards against you, and he only completed 50% of his passes, then I think Brock Purdy can do it with, it'll be just fine. I would be a little, I mean, I'd see, that's a low number too, but I could see the Niners, especially if the if the Browns turn it over early and then the Niners are up, then they just run it. Then it's like, I Christian do think Brown. they're going to have a little bit of trouble running the ball. The Browns, Browns defense line has really stepped up this year. I do think they're going to have to do a lot of short passes and we'll get to that in a second here with my third best bet. But so I think Christian McCaffrey will be just fine and he's going to get a lot of receptions and receiving yards, but I, that will add up for Brock Purdy, right? So he doesn't need to have any like big, huge throws to hit 204 yards. True. Okay. You convinced me. All right. Uh, best bet. Number three, your third and final best bet. 
Christian McCaffrey over three and a half receptions. So I don't have to worry about how efficient he is on these receptions, but I do think he gets a bunch of targets in this game. Like I said, I don't, he, they're going to run right. And they're not going to be terrible at it, but I don't think they're going to find as much success as, as they have in previous games. So I think they're going to have to get creative and find different ways to get the ball down the field. And I think it's going to have a lot of Christian McCaffrey targets in this game. They, the Browns are allowing receptions to running backs. They're not allowing a ton of rushing yards. Uh, but Christian McCaffrey only had two receptions last week against the Cowboys. They didn't need to pass, really. I mean, they were just destroying them. <laughs> the two weeks prior, though, seven receptions and five receptions. So I do think he hits this number at least four in this game. And I love that I don't have to worry about what he does with those receptions. I just need him to catch the ball. It could be for negative yards for all I care. But that's all you need. Honestly, the only thing you have to worry about is what we've seen a couple of times where Brock throws it to him, but it's technically a backwards pass. So it counts as a run. That's the only way I see you losing this, because I agree, especially if Cleveland gets some early pressure on the 49ers. You know, Brock's just going to dump it down to Christian McCaffrey because every time he does, he gains like five yards because it's ridiculous. Uh, how about this from Waltony 101 over under two days until Levin references the fact that Michelle said he made a good point. Oh, man. That would mean he would have to listen. Smash the all. He listens. He listens. Don't let him fool you. Uh, I would take the under on that one. I like all those best bets. I would take every single one of those. I feel good about that. That's a wrap on today's best of show. Again, rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. And please like and subscribe to the Gold Standard Network YouTube channel. We are so, so grateful for all your support. Remember to join us live on YouTube after the game. Immediately following the 49ers game, we go live. We break down everything that happened, respond to the post-game comments, injuries, whatever the case may be. We take your comments and questions all show long. I love, love, love the instant reaction shows. Didn't get to do last week because I was at the game, so I'm itching for another chance to join you in hopefully a celebration in what would be a franchise record 16th straight regular season victory. Victory. Please join us for that. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 